this is a message that has been 13 months in the making. 13 months, this is something that has been brewing inside of my heart, and you'll see why in just a moment. And I feel finally like this is the week in the next coming weeks to be able to share this with each and every one of you. And once we truly begin to discover, think about this, once we truly begin to discover who God is, which is what I'm watching happen in so many of your lives, you're discovering who God is for you and who you are to God. Right there is the pursuit of life. God, who are you? Because so many times we have these perceptions of God. We have these ideas of God that have been taught to us or handed down to us or circumstances have twisted this perception of God. And then we start to lose sight of who we are. And I believe that once we discover those things, once we start to accept who God is and who we are, there is a mission a very important mission that God has given to each and every one of us. And so I'm excited today. There's a sense of joy. I don't care. Technology can't make me mad today. The fact that our screen is straight and not slanted today can't make me mad today. The fact that not a lot of people sometimes showed up today, but no, no, no nothing's going to bother me today. But I'm not excited because of all that. I'm excited and joyful, honestly, for you. Because I know that once I began, began to fully understand the things that I'm going to share with you, it started to change the way that I went about my day. And I'm beginning to see, and I absolutely love what God is doing here. When I heard that story of Megan, and I heard the story of Mary, and I watched my daughter forming, and, and Chloe just texted me. She's like, why are, you talk, why are you calling my name? Chloe just texted me a few days about some things she talked about getting closer to God. I'm starting to watch God do it. He's starting to reveal who he is to you, and you're starting to catch who you are to him. And now I start seeing, little by little, people start stepping into the ministries and the callings and the giftings that God has placed on your life long before you were even born. But I see him also inviting. There's a big difference between commanding and inviting, and he's inviting all of us to a greater level of intimacy and purpose. And how can you be intimate with one that you have a wrong perspective about? When you believe that he's in your life to get something from you, to make you do something that you don't want to do, that he's not happy with your performance, how are you going to be intimate with a God that you know is just frustrated with you? It's almost impossible. When you have a wrong perspective of God, you cannot be intimate. And that's why the serpent even at the very beginning, twisted their perspective of God. Oh, God doesn't want you to eat of that. Why? Because if you eat of that, then he's going to go, they're just going to be just like me. So God is keeping something from you. So why not partake if it's good for you? And so I see him inviting all of us to a greater place of intimacy and purpose. Man, for many of you, I just, your faces pop up in my mind and I go, wow, purpose is rising up. Purpose is rising up. Purpose is rising up. And it's not about you doing something for God. It's about you living the very purpose that he has placed on the inside of you. And he's inviting us into a relationship. And this is what I love about Megan's testimony. It's a relationship of enjoyment. 
There's a tagline we have on our, our, our website, but it says, learning to enjoy God together because I've always seen God and enjoyment at odds with each other. Unless I was doing it very good. And then I could enjoy God. But you better believe that if I was not living exactly as I thought that I should, according to the righteous standard that God had, there would be no allowance for enjoyment. Now think about that because some of you in this room struggle to enjoy God and you struggle to believe that He enjoys you. Like God enjoys you. You are, it's called the apple of His eye. Like He thinks about you all the time. David said, man, if I went to the shores of the sea, it would be like I couldn't even, I couldn't count all the sand and go, man, that's how much God thinks about you. No, it's even more than that. And his thoughts toward you are precious. And so it's a relationship of enjoyment, of delight, and of promise. And so he's calling all of us. He's calling us up into our rightful place in him. And he is speaking to who you are in him. Every single week you hear me say almost the same words with a little di different scenery. Man, this is who you are to God. And he's not speaking to who you used to be and where you should be by now. Let me say that again. Because sometimes we think God is so fixated on where I've come from. God said, man, I put that away. I, you, you, that died when you died in Christ. So then, okay, he, he doesn't think about my past, but he certainly must be like, are you, you're still there? Holy, like, are you ever going to catch this? And I understand there's a side of maturity in Christ, but if we always believe that we're never where we should be, then we're always striving. And I know this is about to be confusing, but we're always striving for something that he said you already are there. Like, think about this. Everything that God wants in your life, you have been made in Christ Jesus. But yet, we're still trying to become better Christians. We're still trying to become this or like this. And as Megan was uh, sharing her story, it reminded me of something that the Lord shared with me probably like six years ago, is that I am not trying to conform to some Christian image. We all have a Christian image. whether and it, it usually has a person attached to it. Like, that is a... Man, he's a phenomenal Christian. Like that, I'm, I want to be more like that Christian. And so we have this image that we're trying to conform to. God wants you just to attach yourself to the molder, not to a mold. Because it's the molder that, that now will mold you into his image along with your personality. So it's not about becoming more like each other. Oh, that would be horrible. And frustrating. And so we conform everybody to look just like each other. No, you were created and designed for a reason the way that you are. He just wants to now make you into the image of Christ Jesus so that you have the mind of Christ. You put on the lens of Christ and now you can live with your personality, with that lens and that mindset. And so over the next three weeks, I will prayerfully help guide us into the ministry and the giftings that God has given to you. And in three weeks' time, this is what we're going to do, and I know that there's more out there that we're going to do this with. Um, Jim Lambert and Amy, we're going to commission them to be missionaries to their neighborhood. 
Now you've heard me talk about this for months and I, I've just put it down in my heart. I haven't done much with it except just kind of commune with God about it. But I know now is the time where God is going, this is the next season of New Day to raise up missionaries. And I told people, uh, well, if you're scared about it or you're intrigued by it, that's probably you then. Because some of us are like, neighbors, whoa, no, no thank you. That is fine. Somebody else can missionary them, if that's a word, missionary them. And so I, I believe Jim and Amy are the first ones. Jim stepped up and like, that is the cry of my heart is to be commissioned to be a missionary. Now, when you're a missionary, you have a mindset that's very different than just living where you live. You start to realize God has placed you in that community for a reason, in that workplace for a reason, with that group of people for a reason. And you start to now think differently. So all I'm going to ask you is, as I share this message this week and the week after and the week after, that you just begin to listen to see if God's going, you know what? You. And how do you know if it's God? When fear rises up. And there's this struggle, this tension between, because think about this. If you feel like God is calling you, most often the first person to rise up on the inside of you is self. And self says these words most often when God calls you to do something. I can't do that. That, that is so out, out of my comfort zone. No way. I don't even know where to go. And so all of these excuses, it happened with Moses. It happened with Jeremiah. It happens all the time when God begins to put something on our heart. We start to now remind him why he, missed, he messed up when he put that on our heart. Are you following me? And so that's over the next three weeks. That is my goal is to persuade you, to convince you that God has given you a ministry may not be a missionary to a community, but he's given you a ministry. He's given you giftings and he has placed an anointing upon those giftings just as well. But I want you to remember this, that everything, ministry included, is always birthed from relationship. Everything. There is no exception to that rule. Everything that we do for God, everything that God does through us is always first and foremost, the priority is a relationship with God. And so the goal of my message today is not that you now go and do things for God. It's about knowing your father. It's about realizing that when you know him, it doesn't matter what step he asks you to take. You fully trust that he has your best in mind. He is always setting you up to succeed and he's always good. When I know that, I realize if he's put something on my heart, I trust you. And the question that God is asking is not, do you trust me? Because most often the answer that always comes back after you ask that question is, I should be trusting you more. I know I'm horrible at trusting you. The question that he's asking, and I love this, will you trust me? Will you trust me is an invitation to say, I have something on your life. I've created you for a reason. Justin's not the only one that has a ministry on his life. Each and every one of you have a ministry and purpose and giftings inside of you. I do want to say this right now because I don't think it's in my notes. You will have a lot of questions as I go through these messages. I want you to know I am an open book if you ever need to ask us. I don't even know if I'll have the answer, but there is going to be a lot of questions arise about the technicalities of this and how does this work and what does this look like? And if God's saying this, then what does this look like? And what do you think my giftings are? All those questions, I hope, are going to now um, provoke you 
to have that communication with your father. It's going to be very easy to try to get these, all these questions overwhelm you. One by one, just start taking them to the father and start to say, I have this question because I feel like I, I want to do this for you, God, but I don't feel like I'm equipped. Take that to the father. And it's from your knowing him, it's from our knowing him, discovering who he is, that we can serve him faithfully. If there's any moment through what I'm saying today that you have this thought that this message is for somebody else that's more qualified, you're missing it. Okay? You, you, I mean, truthfully, you're, you're missing that that's the very reason why I'm sharing this at the time that I am because the moment that you start to go, that no way, God would never or could never use me. Some of you, I know that God has dropped some things inside your heart for many years and you've dismissed it because it's way bigger than you. And you realize that, that it that can't even be for me, like totally wrong address. Like Amazon got that totally wrong when it was sent to my address. Like ship that back, God, because there's more people qualified to lead 2.5 million Israelites out of Egypt. More people qualified. And God goes, no, I chose you. And he's chose you just as well for some very specific things. And I hope that as I minister today that God will begin to just reignite some of those things in your heart. And you'll shove them back down. You're like, shut up. Shut up, stay down. Do not let Pastor Justin know that you're out. And so I don't minister. I don't stand up here. I'm not a pastor for God's approval or for his love or acceptance. I minister with his approval and in response to the security of the love that he has for me. And that's why sometimes we feel so pressured like, oh, I know I should witness to that person. Oh, I should tell him about Jesus. And it's just this immense amount of pressure because we want to make God happy with our performance that day. When in fact, when you realize who you really are, man, I just want to share with people. And there's this, uh, this guy who... I met him a year ago. He's one of our neighbors. His wife was going through cancer. She's, she's come out of it, praise the Lord. But he is in a deep level of depression. He was throughout the whole winter. And so I saw him walking the other day and we just struck conversation. And I felt like I was speaking to a wall when it comes to just trying to encourage him. The next day I was on my lawnmower. I was like, God, man, I just hope you give me opportunities to minister to this guy. In a way that we what? We reach people where? Right where they're at. And I love that. And so I saw him while I was thinking that thought, he comes walking down the street because he does this daily walk just to get his mind clear. And I said, man, how you doing today? And of course he was very, very low. And that's just, the, that's his way of thinking now. That's how he sees life is I'm just here. And I just got to, by the spirit of God, just got to chip away at that wall a little bit and just say, man, do you realize you're free of that thing? I gave him the example, the prison doors, let him know that to whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You are free from that depression. And I just call up in who you are, Lee. You, you are a son of God. And God has a plan for your life, man. Don't let life do this. And so we just got to go back and forth. And he shook my hand. I got to pray with him. But I know, man, that's a ministry that God has given me for that man every time I see him. Not to bombard him with my, my re religious talk, but I'm going to call that young, I'm going to call that man up into who he is and I'm going to watch that spirit of depression break off of his life. And that's now an opportunity God has given to me for ministry. 
And you're going to see clearly the difference between an assignment and ministry in your own life. And so on the outset of, uh, onset of New Day, I had this conversation. My dad was getting knee surgery. I was on the way to the hospital. And it was one of those conversations with God that was just like full of laughter. It was just an enjoyable time that I was talking with God. And he gave me this picture. Nico, you can put that on the screen. He gave me a picture of a pit stop in a garage. And he said, Justin, are you ready to see church and see my people completely differently? And many of you have heard this story before, but just bear with me because I, I think there's some deeper things that we can uh, kind of uh, really sift through as we talk through this. And I got a picture of a pit stop and I got a picture of a garage and I felt like God asked me this question. Justin, what if we did things like a pit stop at New Day? I was like, okay, uh, let's explore it because I'm open for anything. I'm already loving the first month of New Day. This is exciting to me. I can't, I, I'm just seeing people catch a new glimpse of who you are, God. We're talking about the love of God. And he said, what about a pit stop? And he said, what's the difference between these two, Justin? I started thinking about a garage. You open the door, you go in, and what do you do? You park and you settle and you turn off the keys and you're home. And man, I begin to see something that has happened over time is that we get very comfortable at church. Like that's our home. That's where we get fed. That's where we have our relationships. That's where we do life. And so our whole life revolves around this house. But on a pit stop, it's not like he came here and he goes, huh, I'm just going to chill a little bit. You guys want to help me out a little bit? Let's, uh, you got, I got an iced tea. Can I come in and talk? No, it's, you come in here. <laughs> Look at these guys. This one's about to get run over. Why? Because the purpose of the pit stop is to what? Get you back on the track in the race as quick as possible so that you can go and do what you've been called to do. So what happened is I started to see differently. This gave me a perspective of, oh man, okay, you guys, you guys got money. Oh, and you got giftings. Oh, you guys can help me build New Day. Who wants to help me build this awesome big church that's just going to change the world? Big difference, because now I start seeing every single one of you is how can you help me in my ambition to grow a church? This is subtle, but this is crazy how this happens. And so what do I need to keep you here? You want a program? I'll give you a program. You want this? I'll give you this. I'll do whatever it is to help, help you stay here so that you can help me build this. <laughs> but on Pit Stop is I realize the purpose of every single one of these guys the team that's on the leadership team, Jim, Ryan, Mike, all these people that are helping me do this, these guys are here to do one thing, to serve you so you can go back and run the race that God has called you to run. That's huge. Now, instead of, and I'm not knocking anything, I just realized I thought away, I thought like this for so many years, I was ready to build this, I was ready to program it, I was ready to get as many people as we can in this garage feeling good about this. And I remember telling you after the Lord showed me this picture, I can't wait for the day when you are more excited about Monday through Saturday about what God did in your life through you and your ministries than you are what's happening at New Day. And New Day was just the place that said, oh man, you got a flat tire. We'll, we'll help get that flat tire up and running and let's get you right out of there and go back on. And some of you are like, man, I don't even know what God's called me to do. I don't even know what giftings I have. I, I would, I'd rather just serve here and be more comfortable, which you can gladly serve here. We have a worship team, a kids program, a kids program, a kids program, a kids program that we have. I did it, Jim. I did it. That was my plug. I hope they listened. And uh, 
and you can help any, any of those spots. But at the end of the day, when the Lord showed me that this is a pit stop church, wow, it changed the way that I now realize I'm in your life to serve you and to equip you so that you can go and do what God has called you to do and believe that you can do it. Amen. Amen. Come on, that's a good, 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 good thing. All right, Nico, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Put that on the screen. Now look at this. This is the this scripture that he showed me that day that I had that, um, that thought. And he has appointed some with the grace to be apostles and some with the grace to be prophets and some with the grace to be evangelists and to be pastors and to be teachers. Now, some of you are not in that fivefold. Like, don't be disappointed about that. Don't be like, oh, I wish I was one of the five. That's not how God sees it. God sees this as something very different. He does not see this as an elite place. He doesn't see this as these are my five, like the Avengers, okay? Anybody want to know the end of the movie? I can. <laughs> That's a good way to grow a church. So with this, he calls some up to now be an evangelist, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, and an apostle. And he says, okay, I've commissioned those who are in that place for something very important. And here it is. And I love this. And their calling is to not be here and you guys be here. There's a place of honor. You guys read the scriptures. You'll see that God has called you to honor the fivefold because that's what he called you to do. But he, he has not separated us so that we're here. And his people are here. No, no, no. Their calling has an, a specific calling on their life is to nurture. And the only way I found, man, and I praise God for this, man, just breaks my heart to realize how, how I was thinking for so long. Their calling is to nurture. And the only way that you can nurture is to be close, to be one, to be by the sheep that God has called you to. And that was a revelation to me because sheep bothered me before. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And I, and I try to remind all of you, like, it's not a bother if you talk to me or want to have a question with me. Me and uh, um, uh, Ed back there just, and his wife, we had breakfast the other day, and I just really appreciated his freedom and his willingness to ask questions. Like, and tell me why, we, why are you thinking like this and what about this? And it just, it helps us to go, hey, let's do this together. Like, let's not just criticize or judge or get this. Or, and let's do this together. We're, we're in this together. We're, we're, we're called up to be sons and daughters. And so I have a calling because I'm one of these. I'm a pastor and I'm a teacher. Um, is to nurture and to what? Prepare. <laughs> that to me should, that's a scary term. Like, prepare to take off. Like, that's scary. Like, when you're in a, a, what do they call those? Spaceships. And it's like, prepare to take off. You realize you're about to leave something comfortable and to go through something that you're preparing for. You prepare for the Olympics. You prepare for sports. You prepare for callings. You prepare for, for, for jobs. And so he has called me to now nurture you and to prepare all the holy believers to do what? Their own works of ministry. Which I'm going to show you today. Man, I hope we're out by one. I, <laughs> like the, the time is really going too fast because of that mic issue. 
so he has called, prepared me, or prepare you to what? Do, to do, to do. Everybody say do. do. This is where function comes in. 14 months of relational, 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 of security of your love of the Father, to walk in who you are as a son, in God, a son of God. Now we get to what? Do something. And the question that is asked on a natural level back to each other is, what do we do? Like, what am I supposed to do? And we get pressured by that. And we get stressed by that. And I want to alleviate that some because it all comes from what? Relationship. And as they do, as you do. So as I'm called to nurture and to prepare, as you do the works of what? Your ministry, what happens? They will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. That is so awesome. That's so encouraging to know that as I nurture and as I help equip and resource as best as we can and you go and do the works of your ministry, as you do this, you're going to build up the body of Christ. Now look at this, verse 16. Should be next slide. There we go. For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. In every Member. Everybody say every. every. That means you. Every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. You go to the woman's thing on Tuesday and you hear about it. There's something inside, at least me, okay? And this is, I'm, I'm not repenting of this because it's just a thought that came and I quickly dismiss it. There's a thought that goes, oh, what benefit does cards have to do with anything, right? I know it's not me, so I don't even have any ill feelings about feeling that way. It's just like, okay, everybody has been given a divine gift to contribute to the growth of all. So my wife does and writes a card for someone that would be very difficult to write to, which not only minister to Sarah, but of course, I'm sure she used, God used that menial card to now bless the recipient of that card. And so what we do is we take divine gifts and we compare them. And we go, wow, I mean, he has a gift to teach. Like, wow, he can teach the word of God. And all I can do is a card. And I want you to see something because... If he can use me, I am no more great than that card that he'll use. Do you know what I'm saying? And for you, it's not menial. The moment you minimize the impact that anything could make. Oh, man, Justin talks to his neighbor on the street. Holy cow. I mean, he's just so bold for Christ. And no, you'll realize when compassion compels you, it wasn't predetermined, oh, I need boldness, I need courage. So often we've been praying for boldness and courage that we just are scared out of our minds doing it. Like we're just so fixated on fear that we're trying to alleviate fear. When in fact, when you're moved by compassion, a menial word of encouragement, when you're just there at the grocery store and you just say, man, has anybody told you today how much God loves you? Oh, yeah, but that well, won't make a difference. And I'm going to pass by. And what are they going to do with it? Don't ever downsize your contributing to the growth of all. And these gifts operate effectively through the whole body. And we are built up and then we're made perfect in 
love. I just want to assure you, I have four more pages. I'm not even going to come close to finishing, okay? So don't be alarmed, because inside I'm alarmed. Each of us, not just me, have a ministry. I want to get to one specific point, and then I'll close. We have a ministry to fulfill while we are here on this earth. God, this is important to understand about God. He is always an advancer. Like God is not the one who's going to sit at a beach and sip on a, is it pina colada? Is that what God sip on when they're at a beach? He's not going to just sit there and go, you know what? We're cool. God's kingdom, let's just relax. No, God is always advancing. Okay, this is important to understand because he is expecting us as his sons and daughters to partner with him and advance his kingdom. So advancing his kingdom means this, taking back the ground that the enemy has stolen. And he desires each of us, every single one, this is not for somebody else, to advance his kingdom. All of his sons and daughters working together to contribute to the growth of all to advance his kingdom. And therefore, he has given all of us ministry along with his grace and the anointing on the ministry to do his work on his behalf. And it's an honor to enjoy this, to receive it. Jim just blessed me so much. Pastor Jim said these words. He said, Justin, I was walking, you know, doing his daily walk this morning as he was complaining about waking up too early for church. I don't know how those two work out, but... We can uh, condemn him later, right? He was walking and he said these words and it just came out of his heart. He said, Justin, I don't even know. I didn't premeditate this at all. He goes, God, I receive your ability to be a pastor. And something broke on his life today. Because for so many years, isn't that awesome? Remember, how do you become in the kingdom? By receiving. And how do you receive? By believing. It's, a, it's completely other way around in the world. Is that how do you become in the world by doing? How do you get promoted by doing? How do you receive in the, or believe, uh, become in the kingdom? You receive. And so he receives something because he always felt that he never deserved it. He was unqualified. Now he had to earn his place to a five-fold ministry if God called that in life. I just wanted to reassure him, God called that before you ever even made a mistake. Before you were ever born, he gave you that. And if he gave you that ministry, he gives you his grace and that grace comes with an anointing to go and do what you've been called to do. So I want to look at two passages. So this is what we'll do, okay? It's 11.15. We'll finish by 11.26. Okay? I don't know why. I just feel like 11 minutes is what I need. So I want to look at these two passages. Uh, Nico, put Colossians chapter 4 up there. This is going to help lay a foundation of what I'm attempting to communicate. So Paul, writing uh, to the church of Colossae, said this, And say to Archippus, Take heed to what? The ministry which you have in the Lord, that you may... I felt like if I just made it all yellow, it wouldn't emphasize anything. So, so take heed to the ministry that you have to what? Receive in the Lord that you may fulfill it, okay? Next verse, Nico. But you, now speaking to Timothy, but you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. And didn't say, I just love that, endure it. Don't pray against it. Wow, that's, a, that's different. Do the 
of an evangelist fulfill your ministry. That word ministry is how we will serve God's people. Both the believer and those who are lost. So when you leave these doors, you have a ministry on your life. Why? Because he wants you to partner with him in advancing God's kingdom. And that ministry is how you will serve God's people, both lost and believer. So ministry was and is a gift from God. It's a gift to you. It's not a burden. It's not a pressure and a stress. It's a gift to you. And ministry is not something we seek. It's something that he gives so that we can receive it from him. So over the course of these messages, you're going to be like, God, what's the ministry that you have for me? And I'm going to differentiate just something in a moment. It's something we receive from God. Ministry is not something we do for God. It is something God does in us and through us. This is, this is huge, big difference. Is that I'm not doing this for God. I am allowing him to do work in me and now through me. I am a vessel. I'm a conduit for ministry. And so here's what I want to make sure that you guys got. There are two types that I can see of in the scriptures of ministry. There is a specific assignment. Nehemiah, he, God put it on his heart to what? Build, rebuild the walls. He gave me a very specific assignment. He gave me a call but he gave me a very specific assignment to start a church called New Day. That's a specific assignment that he has given to me. I believe he has given me not only the opportunity, but assignment to build up that guy that is my neighbor that is depressed. That's an assignment that I feel like he has for me. Another specific ministry I have, first and foremost, is my family. That's my first ministry. So I pastor my family, hopefully long before I pastor New Day. Are you following me? So ministry comes with a specific assignment. If you don't have that, don't be concerned. Don't be like, God, why not? Just begin to explore it with God. Is there anything specifically you have asked me to do to advance your kingdom? The second one that I want to really speak into your life is opportunity. Daily opportunity. Why? Because you are a son of God. You possess the spirit of God. You are led by the spirit of God if you're a son of God. And now he is going to minister through you to people who you come in contact with all throughout the day. And so now I am now waiting for opportunity to minister. So I have a specific assignment. If you don't have that, do not force it. Don't make it up. Don't try to manufacture it. Don't manipulate it into, uh, I just really want to do this because you will mess something up. You will lose a grace to do something if God has not assigned you to do that. I know a lot of questions are going to rise up in your mind and your heart when I, I say all this. But I want, to, I want to focus for a little bit on fulfill your ministry, which is the opportunities you have each and every day to serve his people and to minister for him. That word receive that we see there, go back to the other verse. The ministry that you received, that word receive speaks of two things. Responsibility and accountability. So I receive a responsibility from God to minister on his behalf. And now I am accountable to God for the ministry that he gave me. 
So I received. Okay, Father, I really feel like, man, you, you spoke New Day four or five years ago. I thought it was completely something else. I explored other opportunities to try to be a senior pastor at some pre-existing places. Things happened that brought us back here. And it's now like, okay, I think this is the time. You've confirmed it a number of times. I think this is the time. That is a responsibility I have taken upon myself to do the work that I feel like God has called me to lead. But now I'm accountable to him. So I'm partnering with him and we should always know who's the senior partner in our partnership. He is. And who's the junior partner? We are. The senior partner pays for everything. Praise the Lord for that. But he also provides direction. And so then when the Lord showed me that pit stop in the garage, I could have been very stuck in my ways and go, you know what? This is how you do it. We welcome everybody home. This is where we are. We're home. And we're going to start this and we're going to start this. And I realized Man, you're the senior partner. You help me to lead this thing. I'll just now follow your leading. That's accountability. I am now accountable to him to do what he has asked me to do to help lead this work of God. Amen? So we are stewards of his work that he has given us to do. And if Lord gives you a ministry or work to do, the Lord will also help you carry it out right away. He'll give you a grace to do it but he also wants us to return or get given a return on that investment. From God, I think this is important that we receive it in the Lord. That just simply means that you don't make this up. Please do not manufacture stuff. Don't just come up with an idea that would be good. It comes from him. He's the initiator. Fulfill means to faithfully finish the work or the assignment, the call on your life. And I love the word, Let's see if it's in here that you may fulfill it, the ministry which you have received. Go to the next verse. Fulfill your ministry. It's not mine. It's yours. I don't know what that is. But I know there's opportunities daily to minister to people, but there's also specific assignments that God will give for you. Man, how am I going to stop this? What do we have? Four, four more minutes, right? Okay. I know I'm bothered by that more than you guys are. So I, I know you guys would encourage me to keep on going, right? <laughs> so God is calling all of us up. He's not in the business of calling us out, okay? We've all established that. Nico, go to that next slide. Hopefully it's on there. Yeah, the next one, the three words. Yeah, there you go. So he, this is what it looks like. He's calling us up first and foremost into what? our identity. This is what happened to me. Ministry became my identity. The many text messages I have ministering to people, the discipleship of the guys that I was discipling, the uh, praise that I was getting back. I mean, all this stuff happened. The Lord took me through a two and a half year stripping process. Little did I know that all this stuff was so much of my makeup. It was so much of my identity. When I didn't have the text messages and the emails and the counseling phone calls and some would be like, man, that would be freedom. But no, it was something was lacking. And I realized, man, I had so much of who I am tied up into what I did. And so he had to re-help me learn where does my identity come from. And so no longer do I feel like you have to point in this direction to get where you want to go. No, I'm going to help point you that way because he's the author and the perfecter of your faith. I am not. Good. I am just somebody to shepherd you so that I can call you up into these things. So for 14 months, I've been calling you up into your what? Your identity. But then he also now begins to call you up into your ministry. Remember, either a specific assignment or the things that he has 
opportunities all day long for us that we're missing. How many of us have walked by that man on that road, just like the priest and just like the Levite? We read the story, we go, how could they walk by somebody who's hurt? And he's damaged. Yeah, that's a representation of the reason we have to read that parable. The reason why they walked by, because they weren't moved by what? Compassion. The only reason the good Samaritan stopped was he moved by compassion. And when God calls you up into your son, you start to have the heart of the father and you start moving by compassion. Now you're not doing something because that's a good ministry thing to do. That's a good Christian thing to do. You know you do it because, man, my heart breaks for that man who's walking around depressed. An opportunity. Every time he walks around, it's an opportunity. Oh yeah, God, I, I'll pray for him. No, 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 go and minister to him. And so God calls you up into your identity. Then he calls you up into your ministry. And then I love this. He calls you up into what? His ability. Because self rises up and goes, oh, I, I can't do that. God, I could never speak in front of people. I could never leave a, a woman's prayer group. I could never do this and I could never do that. And what happens is we get fixated on us. And so no longer do we allow him to call us up into this ministry. We actually start to go, you know what? That's not even for me. I disqualified for that a long time ago. And then we start to lose sight of who we are as a son and daughter. And now we're just orphans waiting for God to, man, hopefully not strike us again. It's a vicious cycle. That's why we have to deny self and follow after him and take up the cross. So every single day when self rises up and says, you could never do that. John, you back there? I know what God's spoken to you, man. And I just want you to know, John, this is you, man. He's calling you up into your identity. I don't mean to call you out. I call you up, man, because I'm telling you right now, you're learning who you are, and he has given you a ministry, and he's already told you about it, hasn't he? Man, I'm telling you right now, you're going to do it, man. The grace of God is on your life. The anointing of God is on your life. And now he's saying, John, go after my ability because it's in my strength and it's by my spirit, says the Lord, that you're going to do the very things that you've been called to do. And I say that for all of you in this room that are doubting what God's called you to do or that you're, you're able. You're not able. Amen. Amen. I would drop the mic, but I'd probably get in trouble. He's able. God is able to use you, to partner with you, to minister through you, to call you up and you can, why? And that's why he told Jeremiah, I go before you and I'm with you all the time. Don't be dismayed. Amen? Let's, let's stop. Worship team, hurry up. Come on. I'm going to ask all my SEAL team ladies to come on up. All of you. Yeah, yeah, that means Judy and Diana, Judy and Maria and Amy. I'm going to, I'm going to, they're going to close off with this song. And if anybody needs prayer for anything, I'm going to ask these ladies just to pray with you. And I can tell you this. If you want to get touched by God, man, come on up. I, I know we have places to go. I know the time. I know that we're ready to do things. Just go ahead and line up this ladies. Um. Anna, come on up. And, and you guys can spread out. Uh, yeah, you guys can do whatever you want. All right, what am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he came up too. And I just pray that God will minister to you. And this is what I want to pray. If you want some indication 
of what God's calling you to? God, what is this? What, if, is there anything you're stirring in my heart about something, Lord? Come on up here and just get prayed for. Let them just say, Father, give this person clarity. Open up their eyes to see what you've called them to and that they are going to walk in your ability and let them just minister that to you. And then just receive it. Receive what God has for you. You may not get an answer. Please don't ever be moved by what you feel or the experience. Just be moved by, I receive when they pray for me that God, you're going to clarify what this looks like. That somehow you'll translate this message that Justin preached into my language so that I can go and do what you've called me to do. So would you please stand with me this morning? I'll have Ryan close.